G'day and welcome to Is It Relevant Today? Right here on Faith FM. I'm Marius Jigao, and on this show we're examining biblical concepts and ideas and asking ourselves the important question, Is It Relevant Today? Or is it as outdated and ridiculous as rotary telephones? Before we start the show today, I'd just like to remind you of our YouTube channel called Is It Relevant Today? where you can find video presentations of all the talks you've heard on this channel, plus more. Today we're going to have a little bit of a look at why God allowed evil to exist. And to do this, we need to start in Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 to 9, which reads, And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So that great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world, he was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. I've recently had a number of people ask me, Marius, why did God permit evil? Why did God create Satan? Now, if we want to understand this, we need to look at the nature of the government that Satan was trying to put in place in opposition to God's government. A good place to start is in Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 to 14, which read, How you have fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning! How you are cut to the ground, you who weaken the nations! You have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, I will also sit on the mount of congregation on the farther sides of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, I will be like the Most High. Here we get a little bit of an idea as to the nature of the satanic government. If you see the way he speaks, he says, I will ascend to heaven, I will exalt, I will be like God himself. The nature of Satan's government is based on selfishness. And we can clearly see that being played out in the world today. On the other hand, the nature of God's government is based on selflessness. We find an interesting verse in Matthew chapter 20 verse 18, which reads, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. Here we see the nature of God's government, a government based on love and selflessness. You see, God didn't come here for us to serve Him. God came here to serve us. In fact, He came here to give His life for us. Now we see a direct contrast between this government based on selflessness and Satan's government which is based on selfishness. Satan says, me, 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 I will become like God. While God says, I will come here, I will serve you and I will give my life for you. And many people ask me, Marius, why did God even allow a government of selfishness to be established? Why did God create Satan? We'll find out just after this song. Mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper, He amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. For still our ancient foe 
us woe His craft and power are great And armed with cruel hate On earth is not His equal To is it relevant today? You're listening to Marius Jigel, and today we're having a look at why did God create Satan? Now, it's important to note that God didn't actually create Satan. God created Lucifer. Lucifer himself chose to become Satan. The word Satan means the adversary. God didn't create an adversary. He created Lucifer who himself chose to rebel against God and in this way become the adversary. In fact, if we have a look in Ezekiel chapter 28 verse 15 where it's speaking about Lucifer, it reads, You were perfect in all your ways from the day you were created until iniquity was found in you. 
God created Lucifer to be perfect, but he rebelled against God. And people ask, why did God create him with the capability to rebel? Now, when trying to answer this question, we need to look at the type of government that God was trying to establish. God was trying to establish a universe where love was possible, where love between each other and where love between us and God was possible. The only way to do this is to create creatures that had free will, that had the capability to choose for themselves what they wanted to do. You see, God really had three choices. One was not to create anything. He didn't have to create anything. God could have also created creatures that had no choice but to do everything they are told. Like my laptop does. And since it's not a PC, it's a Mac, it kind of does that most of the time. But my laptop has no capability of love. It just does what it's told. In a similar way, if God had created us to do exactly as we're told without free will, we would have been incapable of love. The only way that love could have existed in the universe between us and God and between us and each other was for God to give us free will. In this way, his creatures can choose whether they want to love him or not. And people ask me, yes, Marius, but didn't God know that Satan would rebel against him? Why did he create him in this scenario? The truth is, God did know that Satan would rebel against him. And God could have chosen not to create Satan. He could have, let's say, created Toby, who he knew would never rebel against him. But if God would have used his foreknowledge to create only creatures that served him, then this wouldn't have been a real freedom of choice. It would have appeared that way, and no one but God would have known. But God is true to himself as well as to us. He didn't want free will to be a big sham. God wanted a universe where genuine love was possible. And he created Lucifer with the capability to choose whether he wanted to serve him or not. And some people ask me, yes, Marius, but why didn't God just destroy him at the first sign of rebellion? Now, most definitely God could have done this as well. But if he had, then the universe that he was trying to create, where love between us and him was possible, would have suddenly become impossible. We would have still continued to serve God, but it would have been done out of fear. No, God chose in His wisdom to allow sin to mature, for us to see the result of it, so that we never go there again. The problem we have is that sin has made its way down to our planet, and we have chosen to ally ourselves with Satan. Now, did we do this by simply eating some fruit? We'll find out just after these songs. The Nazarene had come to live the life of every man And he felt the fascination of the stars and as he wandered through this weary world, he wondered and he wept, for there were so few to listen to his call. He came, he saw, he 
for all to see For he was unlike any other man And yet so much like me The Nazarene could hunger And the Nazarene could cry And he could laugh with all the fullness of his heart And those who hardly knew him And those who knew him well Could feel the contradiction from the start He came, he saw, he surrendered all So that we might be born again And the fact of his humanity Was there for all to see For he was unlike any other man And yet so much like me He saw, he surrendered all So that we might be born again And the fact of his humanity Was there for all to see For he was unlike any other man And yet so much like me Like a river flowing down to the sea Like a rushing wind you flow into me Like the falling of the snow Like the blood that makes me whole Is the love of God that flows into me like a river flowing down to the sea like a rushing wind you flow into me like the falling of the snow like the blood that makes me whole is the love of God that flows into me And like a river you come flooding through The desert of my heart And like the wind you come rushing the blood of your own son and like the sun you come shining making darkness run just like a river flowing down to the sea like a rushing wind you flow into me Falling of the snow Like the blood that makes me whole Is the love of 
God that flows into me. And like a river you come pouring out your love upon the field. And like the wind you bring the harvest down to take your yield. And like the snow you come to winter, touching hearts and The mighty light to calm the storm Just like a river flowing down to the sea Like a rushing wind you flow into me Like the falling of the snow like the blood that makes me whole Is the love of God that flows into me Is the love of God that flows into me Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today? Right here on Faith FM. You're listening to Marius Jigao, and so far we've discovered that God wanted a universe where love was possible. And the only way to do this was to create creatures capable of free will. God wanted a universe where love was possible between one another and between us and Him. We also discovered that if God simply squished Satan like a bug, this love would have become impossible, as we would have served Him out of fear. And we're now asking, did our problem on earth begin simply because we ate some fruit? So let's have a look at the account of when we chose to join the satanic government. It's found in Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 to 5, and it reads, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beasts of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees in the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Satan's MO from the beginning of the rebellion was to misrepresent the character of God. And this is exactly what he's doing here to Eve. I used to think that she was so easily deceived. But it wasn't exactly like that. The things that Satan said to Eve spoke deep lies about the character of God. And this is how she was deceived. So let's have a look. Satan said three things to her and each one of them contained a lie about the character of God. The first thing he said to her was, has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree in the garden? Now, is this what God had said? No, it's not what God said. God had said you may eat of all the trees in the garden. Just don't eat from this one. Now, I don't know about you, but I imagine there to have been thousands of trees in the garden. And God would have said, you can eat from this tree and that tree and this tree and those trees and all those trees behind that hill and all the trees around the lake and behind that mountain. In fact, all these trees that you see, you can eat from all of them. But just this one there, don't eat from that one. 
However, Satan chooses to focus on the one tree they were not allowed to eat from. And he said, Did God indeed say you shall not eat of every tree in the garden? You see, the subtle lie behind this statement is that God is restrictive. God is so restrictive. Why wouldn't he want you to have everything? The next thing that Satan said is, You shall not surely die. Now, God said that in the day you eat of this tree, you will die. But Satan says, Nah, you're not going to die, come on. Have you ever seen anyone die anywhere in the universe? Have you ever seen anything die? You can't trust God. The not-so-subtle lie behind the statement, You will not surely die, is that God is a liar. You can't trust what God says. And the next thing that Satan said was, For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. What he's saying here about the character of God is that God's only looking out for himself. I used to think the problem was simply that Eve ate a piece of fruit. But there was a much deeper problem behind this. You see, by eating the fruit, essentially what Eve was saying is, You know what? I believe that God's restrictive. I don't know if I can trust Him. I think He may only be looking out for Himself. I need to look out for myself. And I need to become wise myself. And I'm going to do this by eating this fruit. And in this way, she chose to ally herself to the satanic government by engaging in selfishness. And Adam quickly followed suit. The good news is that this rebellion is soon about to end. Jesus is coming soon and we can see the signs all around us. And what will happen when Jesus comes to take us home is there will no longer be any more sin. And throughout the ages, God's plan of creating a universe where love was possible between each other and between us and Him will actually be realized. And sin will never show its ugly head again. Imagine, 437 million years from now, someone says, You know what? Maybe I don't want to follow God's law. God will be like, Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on a second. Have a look at this DVD. It goes for 6,000 years. And you can see what happened last time someone wanted to do this. In this way, no one will ever choose to sin again when they see the result of sin and compare it with the perfect life that they have. You see, sin was able to deceive us once because we didn't really know where it would take us. But now we know and we never have to go in that direction again. I love to scuba dive. In fact, I have a scuba diving license, and I've been many, many times, close to a hundred times. I absolutely love it. One of the things I love so much about it is that underwater is another world. God has created another world right here within our world, where everything is different. You breathe differently, you move differently, gravity behaves differently, light travels differently, sound travels differently. It's another world right here within our world. And when I'm there, I think of all the other amazing worlds that God has made. Right here in our galaxy, there are around 
200 billion solar systems. Can you imagine what they're like? Do you think life exists on other planets? What does the Bible say about this? We'll find out just after this song. Is it relevant today? You're listening to Marius Jigau, and we're now going to have a little bit of a look to see what the Bible says about life on other planets. I personally believe that life exists on other planets, and I think we get a hint towards this in Job chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, which reads, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, From where have you come? 
So Satan answered and said to the Lord, From going to and fro on the earth, and from walking back and forward on it. I believe that what's happening here is a heavenly council of representatives from other planets. And when Satan shows up, God says, What are you doing here? Where do you come from? And he says, From traveling to and fro on the earth. What he's essentially saying is, I come representing earth. Now, if this wasn't a heavenly council from other planets, it would seem kind of silly for Satan to respond, I've come from earth. Well, of course you've come from earth. Everyone comes from earth. I think what's happening here is a meeting of the leaders from other planets. We also get another hint of this in Job chapter 38 verses 4 to 7, which reads, Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? To what were its foundations fasted? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Here we have a description of the creation account. And we're told that after the creation, all the sons of God shouted for joy. I believe that these are likely beings from other planets. God has created a vast universe, and just in our galaxy alone, there are billions of solar systems. In fact, on average, in each galaxy, there is around 200 billion solar systems. Bob Williams was the director of the Space Telescope Science Institute, which was responsible for looking after the Hubble telescope. And he made a decision to point the Hubble telescope for 100 hours at a part of space which was completely unremarkable. There were no bright stars, there were no galaxies, there were no clusters. And he was met with a bit of opposition. People were wanting so badly to have even a few minutes on the Hubble telescope. And here he was wanting to point it for 100 hours at a region of space which appeared to be empty. Fortunately for him, he didn't have to get anyone else's approval. He was the director, and as such, he had access to 10% of the Hubble telescope's time. So he pointed it to this region of space, which appeared empty. And after 100 hours, he discovered that there were over 5,500 galaxies in this tiny region of space. Now, this region of space was approximately one one-thousandth of a square degree. As a point of reference, there are 41,253 square degrees. And this was looking at just one one thousandth of one of these. Based on this, it's estimated that there are over 170 billion galaxies that we can see from our world today. In fact, some experts suggest it's much more than this, as the Hubble telescope can only pick up about a tenth of what's actually there. Now, if this is true, there would be around 1.7 trillion galaxies. And in each of these galaxies, there would be around 200 billion solar systems. God has prepared all of this space for us. And throughout eternity, we'll be able to explore it. But what will this earth be like? We'll find out just after this song. Jesus. Yes. 
Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today, right here on Faith FM. So far today, we've discovered that God wanted a universe where love was possible. And the only way to do this was to create creatures capable of free will. God wanted a universe where love was possible between each other and between us and Him. We also discovered that if God simply destroyed Satan at the first sign of rebellion, this love would not have been possible as we would have served God out of fear. When our parents Adam and Eve ate the fruit, they joined themselves to Satan's government through their selfish behavior. But the good news is that this is about to end. God has made billions upon billions of galaxies, each containing billions upon billions of solar systems. And He has created these just for us. I was considering what the New Jerusalem would look like here on Earth. Now usually when you see an artist's depiction of this, they usually represent New Jerusalem as a cube. The reason for this is because the Bible tells us its height, width and length are all equal. However, there are many geometric shapes that would fulfill this criteria. Some examples would be a pyramid or a dome. And I personally doubt it's as boring as a cube. I used to think to myself, where are we all going to have space in this new Jerusalem? You see, Jesus said that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. I believe that he was speaking about the new Jerusalem. And I would ask myself, where are we all going to fit? But if you have a look at its dimensions, it is around 2,220 kilometers wide and 2,220 kilometers long, and the area of this space is just on the ground level. Now, just to give you something to compare it to, that's bigger than two times the size of Victoria. Think about this. It's an enormous city, and God is preparing this for us. There will be more than enough room for the world's population over and over and over again. God is preparing this to be our city dwelling. But we're also told that we will build our homes in the country, and we will plant vineyards. I don't know about you, but I actually plan to grow my home. I plan to plant some trees and shape them as they grow. It may take a few thousand years, but you'll see, it will be awesome. I want you to think about what heaven will be like. Will we be able to travel instantly to other galaxies? Will God give us the power to do this? Or will God say, you know what? You have eternity at your disposal. Why don't you devise a mode of transportation and get yourselves there? I don't know what it will be like, but I do know that it will be amazing. However, right now, we are stuck here. And the enemy is still misrepresenting the character of God and still trying to get us to focus on meaningless, trivial things. And the same lies he was using from the beginning, he's still using today. God is so restrictive. Why shouldn't we watch things that have violence and sex scenes? Come on, God's not that restrictive, is he? He keeps telling us that God is a liar. You can't trust him. We are still being deceived by his tricks today. 
And I want to ask you today to spend some time thinking about heaven. I want to ask you to explore your heart and ask yourself, is there something that will keep me out of heaven? Before I gave my heart to God, I realized that there were a number of things I was doing which I knew were against God's will. And I knew that they would keep me out of heaven. I want to ask you today to explore your heart and ask yourself, are there such things in my life? And if there are, I invite you to focus on the eternity that awaits us. Focus on the amazing things that God has in store for us. The Bible tells us that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. I want to ask you today to think about what God has prepared for you. And if while you're searching your heart, you find that there is something that you're holding on to that can potentially keep you out of there, I want to ask you to make a decision to put it away. Jesus is coming soon. Soon, all those who have given their lives to Him will be going to heaven. Don't you want to spend eternity with Jesus? As we close in prayer today, I want to invite you to dedicate your heart to Him. To say, Lord, I want to be in heaven with you. Why don't you make this decision as we close in prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, we want to lift up your name for the many things that you've done for us, for the creation that you've made for us, and Lord, we look forward to spending eternity with you. We want to invite you to search our hearts and see if there is anything that we are holding on to that will keep us out of heaven. And if there is, Lord, we pray that you help us to overcome them because we look forward to spending eternity with you. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name, Amen. We thank you for listening today and don't forget to visit our YouTube channel called Is It Relevant Today? where we have many presentations including this one called Evil and Eternity. But for now, thanks for listening. God bless and I hope you have a magnificent day.
to Is It Relevant Today? If you have any questions or comments, please leave them on our Facebook page, Is It Relevant Today? But for now, thanks for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next week. I love to tell the story T'will be my theme in glory To tell the old, old story Of Jesus and His love